Hey everybody, it's me, Matt, and welcome to another episode of Roleplay Chat. I'm a game master who can't stop talking about roleplaying games, and today's episode is a, a fantastic one. I'm joined by Blake Francis to talk about creating player characters that are built for roleplay. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind folks of a few quick little things and also give you some announcements. So, uh, as always, a quick reminder to rate, review, and share Roleplay Chat with your friends. It's an amazing way to support the show without any kind of monetary uh, monetary impacts on your wallet. It just helps the show grow, and the bigger the audience, the better things are for the visibility of the podcast. So please, please, please share with your friends. I also wanted to announce that I'm now officially affiliated with, uh, I guess affiliated is the wrong word, but I'm officially part of the Tabletop RPG Rising Tide community. I'm one of the interviewers for that community now. It's a really cool community of creatives and content creators that are helping each other out, sharing best practices and, and things like that. So if that's something that you are you know, into and you're a content creator in the space, I'd highly recommend checking out the Tabletop RPG Rising Tide community. There's a Discord server and go find them on Twitter. I'll try to maybe, if I remember, link it up in the description of the show. But yeah, that's that's the first announcement. The second announcement is that I've had a pair of articles be published on shadowmain.com. It's a website run by two good friends of mine, Jason and Luna. Uh, for those of you who remember Gamer Mom Luna's Tale tales from the tavern show on twitch so yeah it's it's a wonderful group of folks who release all kinds of neat tabletop rpg kind of related blog posts and articles on shadowmain.com so two of my articles one on the importance of using handouts in your game and the other is like a how to make your own faux wax seal letter with aged paper and all that good stuff for your table so I'd recommend going to check those out. I'll also have them linked up down below. Um, and yeah, and I think that's everything that I wanted to say uh, for today. So as always, I hope you enjoyed your games. I hope you enjoy this episode. So let's go right into the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the interview portion of the podcast. This is the big part, isn't it? I mean, listening to me do an intro isn't really a podcast after all. Uh, I'd like to welcome our fantastic guest for today's conversation. He's an avid reader, writer, tabletop RPG personality, an actual play actor that you may recognize from Zeal Zaddy's Elixia campaign, the first watch campaign, or Homie and the Dude's Sky Realm, among others. Please join me in welcoming Blake Francis. Blake, welcome to the show. No, you said awesome though. I mean, I don't, I don't, I was like, wait, me? But <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, you. Uh, hello, such a pleasure to be here. Um, excited, nervous, of course, but you know, you have to have nerves, I think, with everything you do. So, but yeah, really excited to just to be on this. I've heard a couple of them, so and I love the discussions you guys get into. Just, cool. just the fact that I can take part in it. Yeah, I'm stoked. Great, great. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear. You know how you create some of those fantastic characters that you play in all of these actual plays and and 
perhaps some of your home games too. Uh, before we get into that, Blake, why don't you let listeners know a little bit about yourself? Tell us your tabletop RPG origin story <laughs> and what kind of player and game master you consider yourself to be. Oh man, so my origin story, long, long time ago, back when Critical Role was on Geek and Sundry, and I used to love Geek and Sundry, Felicia Day was awesome. Um, it would keep popping up because they would live stream on, and I was like, what is this? Like, I've never known about D&D other than just, like, the name. And so one day I got interested, I was like, let me just click on and see what's going on. Okay, what the, what is, what are they doing? Because I just, like, started <laughs> watching your, like, episode, like, 30, like, what the, f- what? Yeah, and yeah, so- yeah try to catch up simultaneously yeah yeah so i was like i don't know but then like i was like wait you can just role play like people do that that's that's okay that's okay to do because like i've always been imaginative and so just seeing people like critical role do that i was like man like heck yeah i love like you know make believe and things of that nature like dude sign me up and so from there um I'll, the company i was working at a job and I was like, you know what? I, I think I can DM. Like, you know, get that false call. It's like, shoot, Matt's doing that. I can do it easily too. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought Lost Minds of Pendelver, and I knew some people who never played before were kind of interested. So I asked them, some coworkers, like, hey, you guys want to play this? It'd be fun. I'll DM. That's and, sweet. So you just jumped yeah. right into the yeah, game. Master was, seat. Yeah, that That's was my first experience. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, you're learning with people who don't know any better. You're just having a good time. Hey, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like, um, like maybe like a tip for anyone, like if you, you, it's okay just to get started. Like you're not going to be perfect. Like if you really want to just do it, sometimes you just gotta you gotta be the DM, especially if you want to play. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. absolutely the case. Especially, I I find that's especially true. Now D and D, you can usually get enough people around a table to play, or virtually. It's you know you can find a Facebook group or whatever, and 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 play virtually. I'm having a hard time personally finding people to play some of the more obscure tabletop RPGs with me. So mm. that's a hundred percent like okay, I got to put the hat on if I want to convince my friends mm-hmm. to play a game of Ten Candles because they don't know what I'm talking about. They don't. They're not plugged into social media about tabletop RPGs every day, so they're. They're like, I don't want to learn a new game. I just want to roll dice and drink beer and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they can't do that with other systems, but uh, anyway, uh, cool. So you, you actual plays inspired you. You jumped right into the game master seat. Now that you've had experience with this for some time now, how do you say your, your game master style has, what has it landed on now? What oh, kind man. of game master? So definitely game master and player, just like heavy into role play. Like I love getting into character, and where that's like playing an NPC or just playing as a PC. Like I just, I'm definitely role play, role play heavy. I started off definitely more super concerned about the rules. Like I still like the rules, I guess, as, as like a framework, but um, definitely a lot more lax and just kind of go within the moment. Just say, okay, well, just on this rule now, we can always look it up later. The most important thing is the story we're going to tell, like the narrative going on. And so definitely become a lot more of um, just into role play, more of a role player. Even though I started off that way too, but as a game master, it took me some time to catch up. Because as a player, I was always like, I'm in character. Here's this, like, I'll make us do a voice, whatever. Just like, I get into it. So, yeah, yeah. But game awesome. mastering took a time to get there. Cool. That's super cool. I, 
that, that's kind of where I'm at too, as far as my, my style. So I think we're going to have a lot of things that we say in common. So maybe for the sake of it tonight, I'm going to play the devil's advocate a little bit, but, uh, but our topic is to talk about creating characters that are ripe for role play. Um, so I think, I mean, maybe we can dive right in, uh, perhaps before we do that, Blake, why don't you uh, remind the listeners of some of the productions that you've been in, some of the shows oh, or things uh, that they can find you? Yeah. And so you said a couple. So um, Elixia, I live stream with them. Awesome group. Um, every Tuesdays at um, 7 p.m. MST. And you guys can convert them. Time zones are a thing. <laughs> so we have both with Elixia, uh, with Homie and the Dude on their on their um, on their campaign, the Skyrim, which has been a lot of fun. Um, shout out Ungar Oracle because I use some of their, a lot of their stuff in that one. So that uh, the first watch I play as as well. Um, so I'm in that one too, and we're really recently releasing episodes. Opal Star is a podcast I'm a part of as well, which is really fun. So Opal Star. Um, oh my god, if I miss one, this gonna be terrible. But I think I think that's all of them, and I'm gonna take part in a new one coming out soon. It's called. Um, a kid pod, so that's going to come out pretty soon too. So that'll be a podcast um, later on. So some new things in the works, but awesome. yeah, all that I'm doing right now. So if I forgot something, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll be able to find it all. Uh, listeners can be able to find it in the show notes. So we'll make sure that that's all Perfect. there Perfect. as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. You've played some cool characters on stream, off a of stream. And I think it's time now to talk about, you know, how you create them. Before we do that, I'm going to say the thing that I have to say that I feel like everybody listening is probably tired of hearing me say, but we're going to say it because it needs to be said. It's important. We're going to talk about creating characters for role play purposes. That doesn't mean that if you don't want, like, if you don't want to do that, the power to you. If your fun in the game lies elsewhere, please continue to have fun your way. As long as you're being respectful and kind and communicating with the people at your table and everybody else is having fun, power to you. I, I, I applaud you for having found your fun. Today, Blake and I are two people who love roleplay and who love characters that enable that. So the advice that we're going to be giving is with that lens. So if you are like us, or maybe you you know you want to try your hand at creating a character that's more roleplay focused, this might be an insightful conversation for you. Don't take what we're saying as the word of God. We're not. <laughs> we are here sharing and imparting our thoughts and considerations for you to do that to consider. Uh, so so Blake, you create characters. Let's let's start with maybe. Your personal process, where do you start when you're creating Ooh. a character? And so, honestly, anywhere, because my big thing is just like anything can inspire me. Because um, I, before this, I, and I still do, I, I like to write like stories and poetry and stuff like that. And so, I'm always just trying to keep myself open for inspirations. And so, it could be something simple. Like, I could see like a picture like of like art that's like, oh, that's really cool. Hmm, what kind of life would that person, that character might have? Or what might they be like? And go from there and so just really taking in any inspirations from like books that i read um it could be like i'll see like a part of a tv should be like wow that character is cool or even like a comic so yeah it, it it's it can come from anywhere so i have to keep myself open 
Yeah, and then I'll just yeah, kind of yeah. let the idea like sit in the brain for a couple of days and be like, you know, that's a character idea. And then try to find the right stuff or system whatever I'm playing in to kind of make it into like a character I can use in a TTRPG. Okay, okay. Do you keep them in like a notepad or something? Like, like on your phone? No, it's no, uh, all your noggin. Like nice. until I will put it like after a couple of days, if, like, if it sticks with me, then I'll eventually I'll put it down like in maybe like a Google Doc or like do like a character on some like, you know, VTT. But um, but yeah, you should just stays in the brain, and if it lasts long enough, I'll put it down somewhere. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, I, I like that, especially because it seems like your focus is very much on, at least in like in when you're watching a movie or a TV show or whatever. It sounds to me like the personality of that character is what you graft onto first. Is is that is that right or not or maybe not? not yeah. The for, for that inspiration, I would say, I would say, yeah, like maybe like, you know, all of, yeah, actually, yeah, the way they kind of bring themselves, their personality and like, that's cool. It'd be fun to play as, especially how maybe it's different from mine or how I can see myself kind of in that too. I'm like, okay, you know what? I kind of, I, I kind of, I'm like that too. Maybe I can kind of like to put that to my own kind of spin on a character. So that's yeah, cool. that's a good way to put it. That's really cool. That's really cool. I, I do something. A little different. I, I'm a very visual person, uh, so when I create a character, I, I I usually don't create them until I'm prompted to. That's maybe that's maybe my bad. But uh, you know, someone saying, "Oh, we're running a one shot. Come with a cool character," or "Oh, I'm going to start a new campaign. Bring a character," or or what have you. So I, I usually scramble a little bit. My my brain space uh, isn't as organized as yours. It sounds like, but I'll Ooh. usually go to Pinterest. And that's where I'll create a mood board for my character. So I'll find a picture, or maybe there was a character in a TV show that I've just recently watched, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the person who's like super excited all the time. That 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 sounds like a trope that could be fun to play today. And then I'll go to Pinterest, find a couple pictures of somebody who looks like they're super excited all the time. Maybe uh, pick an environment that I would think that person would have grown up in or, or, or has an attachment to and, and, and kind of like use that as the nucleation point for, for my inspiration when I'm writing it out on a character sheet. Here's kind of like blue sky, you know, like the, 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 the mood board will have anywhere from five to 25 pictures pinned on there. Sometimes it's like a weapon or it's a, it's a hat or like I said, like a location or maybe another character, like an NPC that I'm like, oh, that's that's like their brother. This is they don't look anything alike, but that that's their brother mood wise. Um so that's usually where I start yeah. when I when it comes I to I feel that. like that's so similar because same thing that things that inspire you, things that you think are cool, that's like okay, that inspires you, that makes me gets the creative juices flowing inside out. And it's so hard when like they're like you when you have to make a character for something. Like I can think of characters all the time just like when I'm don't have to like do it for like an upcoming game. But as soon as you tell them like okay I need you to make a new character, I'm like um okay, yeah, new character. Yeah, uh I don't know why, like just, just Yeah, there is a little a, bit of stress there. It, it, it makes it makes it different. But um yeah. but I feel like that's the same though, like getting back to it, like that's still just inspiration. You find things for your mood board, just like images or things that get your creative juices flowing. So I feel like we're definitely similar in that aspect. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll I'll maybe throw a, a, a question at you that might challenge us both. We're talking about characters first. We're talking about the people that we're embodying first. 
Have you ever done the opposite? Have you ever like rolled a bunch of D6s and been like, oh, that's my stat block, and then taken inspiration from that? Uh, yes, kind of. I mean, recently for something I played in like a little, just like a um, little mini thing, I had the character idea in mind, but then I rolled for the items and I used those items because me, items are, like every part of the character is important to role play, it can make it more fun. And so the key items they start with, like I like to, you know, to me, like, there's a backstory to them as well. And so I did, I rolled on the um, items for the character, so kind of. And I'm oh, definitely me. down for that, too, because to me, that can be fun, too. Like, okay, okay, why is this character like this? Like, why, what what, what did being that race, like, you know, how did that affect how they grew up? Or they had a short, so okay, where that is that their dad's weapon? Maybe, you know, maybe it's their mom's weapon that they have. So, yeah, like, I feel like it's in, from the small portion I did, I can definitely see myself doing it more and just being, because um, it's kind of fun. Just to, like, yeah. you know, use all those pieces to, like you're saying, kind of go backwards to build a character almost. Yeah, neat, neat. It, almost like a prompt, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this yeah. character has a silver ink well pen. <laughs> They're a barbarian. Why do they have a silver ink well pen and why do they care about it so much? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, that I, way I like that. I can already think of so many things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. yeah. Cool, cool. So, that's that's your starting point and my starting point and i think i'd like to encourage listeners to think about if you had to create a character right now live for for a game where would you start and why do you think that's important and maybe maybe i'll ask you that like why do you, does that work for you and why is it important for you to start creating your characters from like from things that inspire you I would say because, like, first and foremost, I have to like the character. I have to, like, like the idea. I've tried it before, like, not going with the character I absolutely loved or truly inspired me. And it's it's not as much fun. The role play suffers. Mm -hmm. Like, my, my play suffers. And, like, I, it, it can bring down, like, I feel like it can bring down the vibe of a table. And so I really have to be enamored by the idea to, cool. to, okay. to role play. Like, the better, the more I'm into it, the better I can role play it. So Yeah, 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 yeah. You you did touch on something that I thought was kind of interesting when you said, you know, you choose a character based on a difference that you had. What about what is it about that process that garners an interesting character for you? Well, to me, because it's like you know, we know who we are. Like we can kind of not we're always able to change, but sometimes it's it's kind of fun to say, okay, like this character is more more outgoing because i'm naturally i can be more a little more introverted so it's like you know how would it be to be a little more extrovert like this character is huh it's kind of cool like you know let me and in this space you can really it's such a safe space to kind of role play that you know what i mean so you know it might never be true like that in real life but you know what i want to play i want to play a character like that just to see how that is you know in this make-believe world that we're creating together and so and there's so many like differences out there with different like you know inspirations and characters out there that aren't like me so it's easy to find inspiration like that and it's just fun to um to play something different you know because sometimes you want to play to your but sometimes you want to play yourself but sometimes it's fun to role play something else because it's role playing like you know you, you can play something else that's not like you for a change so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's neat I, I i can appreciate that i personally i find it hard to play a character that is too different from me um, mm -hmm. or at the very least, I like to find a part of me, a part of my personality, and then exaggerate it. So like, you know what? 
I'm feeling a little bit nervous this week. I'm creating a character and I, 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 I'm vibing with the nervousness. Maybe I don't like that I'm nervous right now, but I feel confident in my abilities to portray that and, and illustrate it to the other people at the table through my behavior. So I'm going to take that. I'm going to blow it up and make it a different kind of nervousness maybe, or, or maybe it presents itself in a different way or, or different triggers, but I know how to, I know how to act that out. I'm not a trained actor, so, but I know how to act that out. So let's make that a part of this character's personality and kind of build the rest of it around it by asking me questions about why they're nervous or what kind of things trigger the, the anxieties or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that that's usually how I do it. I, I have a hard time with the other way around where it's like, mm, I want to explore something that I don't know anything about. I don't know where to start. If, if that I, makes sense. I definitely get that too. And I agree. Like it's hard. Like I haven't done something that's super, super different. Like, like all my characters, like in the basis, like they're all at least like good, or like neutral good. Like I have never, I still can't do like someone's like evil. I'm just like, no. And so that I, I agree too. Like I haven't gone like, you know, completely opposite. There's supposed to be mm -hmm. some sort of like, you know, I guess they're saying something that's like close to similar yeah, with like a little like ground yourself with it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So yeah. something different, but something that's still like, you know, stuff to relate at some, some like level to it, even if it is different. And so, yeah, I agree. Like I can't do, I haven't done anything super, super different. Like I never had like the, never wanted to play like an evil character role play something evil. I'm like, yeah, no, like I just, no. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's hard to like when you're the game master, playing some of these characters you have no choice but to mm -hmm. but i mean i mean you do have a choice you, you don't have to role play them but if if you're wanting to do that and that's fun for you as a game master yeah it, it can be heavy like i mm -hmm. i've had games where i've had to role play my villain or or even just like a a side character who's just kind of like a i don't know there was one pirate in one in my game who was just like a crooked guy took every opportunity to, to, you know, for himself and was just like an overall, like a nasty dude and playing that character and looking for opportunities to be exploitative in that way. And like take money away from the player characters or, or, or do things to misguide them as the character. It wasn't fun. <laughs> it didn't mm -hmm. feel good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, yeah, yeah it's it's hard especially and it, the only thing that for me when i dm too like it's i the reason i it can be rewarding is like when the because you want the player characters like come on like i want you to take this guy down so yes yeah, there's coming yeah. but like come on you guys can do this so it just yeah <laughs> it's oh, yeah. it's definitely tricky yeah yeah but here look i'm finding myself already talking about things that are unrelated to our topic we're talking about player role characters play today. yeah it's role play yeah <laughs> but uh okay so these are the ways that that you know i create my characters and blake you create your characters most of the time i'm gonna really quickly go over some of the ways that some popular systems tell you to create characters oh and, gosh and it's gonna be good <laughs> yeah feel free to interject if you have a thought or, or, or an objection as to why that maybe isn't the optimal way to create a character when you're focusing on role play. Um, and we're going to start, we're going to start with Call of Cthulhu because I think that's an interesting system and I'm trying to talk about other systems other than D&D tonight. I'm going to, I'm still going to talk about D&D because that's a, that's a big one, but let's start with Call of Cthulhu first. 
So in Call of Cthulhu, in the player's handbook, or the I think it's called the investigator's handbook, because in Call of Cthulhu you play an investigator, um, the first thing it tells you to do is to figure out your characteristics, which are effectively your basic stats. They're your base you know, strength, intelligence, luck, uh, size, these kinds of charisma, these kinds of things. Okay. Huh. And you, you figure that out with the stat block. You know, you have like a static array and you plug it in. I mean, I guess you could roll too, depending on how you want to play this, but it's it's saying do your stats first, basically. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, because you have to have like an idea though. Like when you're doing your stats, like I feel like for, for any role play, you're going to have to have like, you know, like, it, okay, he's high strength because like I have like, oh, he's a, a buff investigator. You know what I mean? You have to have like an idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his stats especially are just stats of like, yeah. Yeah, especially if you're thinking of role play, right? Like, I think, I think you've said it a few times and I want to make it explicit to our listeners. You've asked why a lot. And I think that that's critical. Why? Why is the character's strength his their their highest stat why like having that inquisitive nature i think is really important when you're trying to have a character who's ripe for role play because by asking yourself all of these questions you force yourself to answer them or maybe not all of them but you force yourself to answer some of them and that's going to educate you as to who this person is right yeah. i think that yeah, yeah. That's that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. That's exactly it, and especially too, because even the wise you can't really answer. Like they can be fun to role play. Like, well, why is he struggling to answer this question? You know, it can even lead to more things. Like, what's making him like not be able to choose a side on this thing? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the yeah, wise like are that. so so important. Um. All right. So yeah, characteristics are first. Next, it's your occupation, which in D and D language is like your class. You know, are you a uh, are you a uh, private investigator are you a journalist are you a, a police officer are you a librarian these are you know the types of occupations there's like a hundred occupations in call of cthulhu but these yeah. occupations yeah it's pretty neat uh they represent your class and they give you certain bonuses and the skills that you're gonna have to resolve conflicts in the game and actually that's the next step is assign your skills so you, you pick the skills out of the ones that are associated to that occupation Okay. You, you okay. A number of them. I like the occupation thing because occupations, like jobs, are a great way to to kind of role play too. Because jobs are easy to kind of think about. You know, like I'm a librarian, so okay. Um, I love books. So like, of course, of course, we said librarian. I'm like, okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so occupation. That's to me that makes more sense than starting with the, at least to me than starting with the stats because that's some more I can build off of from there. And I mean, you'd have to, I feel like you'd have to know it's at the stats, I guess. I mean, you can be like a buff librarian, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm, yeah I like that. I like being the occupation. I think that's really cool. That's, that is kind of neat. I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I, my brain immediately went to like, oh, it's the same as picking a class first. That doesn't instigate roleplay, but you're right. It, a pilot is going to have a certain, per they might have a variety of personalities, but it's going to trigger something in you as a person. Like, ooh, mm -hmm. what kind of person is going to be a pilot in the, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, the 1920s or whatever, whatever period Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu is set in. And I think just branch of that too, I'm sorry to sign up, but because especially with that, 
jobs like in real life we have to work like like night like what 80 percent some ridiculous percent of our lives is working and mm -hmm. so the job that they do or maybe they, they recently lost like it, it was such an important part of them even if they hated it and so jobs to me are really good for role play because it's like okay why was he this did he hate doing this was he did he hate being a librarian do you love being a librarian like what about it so it just leads to those more wise the more questions to really flesh out more in which you can really dive into role play with them so the occupations are are awesome that's so cool. I love that advice. I almost want to try to abstract it to like every other system. And I don't know if there's parallels that can be made with every other system, but you know what? Like if you're a cleric or if you're a if you're a bard, they're definitely vaguer than saying I'm a research scientist, but at the same time, like you could still try to take some of those generalizations mm -hmm. and be you, like how do you feel about your day-to-day -day as a bard what what is that like mm -hmm. uh what's your you know when you come home after working your nine to five bard job mm -hmm. what next seriously seriously even like clerics too because like you know do you actually practice in a church like or you're going out and about and doing things you know like <laughs> i in one character i play um grokus from the first watch like i really got it like i really get into him being a cleric, you know what I mean? Like, even in his downtime, like, I like to be, okay, what can I do? Any spells I've left, I like to go around helping, like, people that, like, the poor or the sick, using whatever mm -hmm. spells I can to kind of help them, because that's the kind of cleric he is. That's what he did. And so it's so much fun to to set, to dive into, like, you know, that thing. And that bar to be fun. Like, you know, how maybe he hates, like, singing afterwards. Like, you do it all the day. You're just <laughs> like, God, I sang for all these people. Ugh. You know, it yeah. just... You're yeah. making me sing to heal you. Forget about it. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, I'm I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so yeah, that's it's to me. It's such a fun thought, just like the job and occupation, because it's used like in our maybe it's because in real life it's such an important like a part of our lives. It just that that might be why, but but yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I think that's really cool. It's really it's a really neat way to 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 look at it. Uh, I'm gonna do that for my next character. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it talks about skills. I think we can ask ourselves the same questions. Why would your character be good at this particular skill compared to another? Um, Call of Cthulhu also has a skill list that's like half the player character sheet. Like it's enormous. There's so many skills. Um, so it offers a, a much in, more interesting variety. So you can have two librarians but one is really good at shooting firearms and the other is really good at doing research. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, okay. it, 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 there's a pretty big variety uh, that can happen there. And you're going to have to explain that variety. You know, if you're a librarian and you're really good at shooting firearms, you know, where did you learn to shoot? He'd be former military, like you know, maybe he was military and just reload books. And like after retire, it's like, I want to, you know, I want to do this, want to pursue this career. So, um, but okay, so you got to choose that afterwards. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And That's... and then there's backstory. Which wow, is, now we're getting to it. Okay. Which is the which is the last which is the la I mean there's a little there's a few other little things but you know at the end of the at the end of the process is your backstory. So, I don't know, do you agree with that? Should the backstory come after your Actually... character sheet is full? Yeah, like I mean, uh, this may be a hot take but like backstory, I mean, it's not it's in Important, but I mean, I don't know. Backstories, like you can, you can change them. Like you can change them during the game. Like something could happen. Like you know what? This actually happened in the background because it's so much fun for role play moment. I want this to have happened. And so, backstories are they they can be important for role play, but they're not everything. Like you can still role play with like only having like a few sentences. So, 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't I actually, like I don't mind it being in, at the at the last part. And and maybe we'll 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 put a little uh, dog here on the backstory because I think we're gonna definitely have to talk about that at some point. Mm-hmm. So remind mm-hmm. me, Blake, if we don't if I don't prompt you that we need to talk about backstory. Um, but yeah, okay. So that's Call of Cthulhu. Let's uh, let's look at one more and t- look, go through how the book tells us to do it, and then and then maybe we'll. Uh, We'll shimmy over to some questions or things, you know, other related things. But the the other system I wanted to talk about. Ah, uh, there, there's two, there's two. You know what? We're gonna. I want to talk about ten candles because I love character creation in ten candles. But first, we're gonna talk about. We'll quickly rifle through the character creation in Blades in the Dark. Okay. Um, that's another neat system. I don't have you have you played I haven't, so this is fun. No. So I'm like, ooh, look at the new system's like <laughs> no, this is <laughs> Okay, okay. So uh stop me if I'm being confusing. Uh, but I'm gonna explain this to the listeners also as if they had you know they have no idea what I'm talking about. But very quickly, Blaze in the Dark, you're playing it's it's a really good game for heists and thievery and like that kind of thing. You play a never-do-well kind of burglarizer type character, and you're in a gang of, of criminals, an organized gang of criminals, and, and you, you go about doing various scores for that organization. And so here it's very fixated on you know, what kind of burglar you are, what kind of uh, criminal organization you are a part of. And I think it's... It's. I personally think it's very well done, but that's because of its narrow focus. So I'm not mm-hmm. gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sing its praises too, too much because the focus of the game is much more specific than like Pathfinder. But dang, from that, it it already brings up so many whys. You know, like, why am I part of this game? Because there can be multiple reasons for that. You know, yeah. there's more than one way to be in a game. Like, you be forced into it. It could be family. Maybe you owe something. Maybe you're wrong them, so they have to work for. The, like, yeah. So it already like just then alone gets the whys kind of going. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, really quick, the first thing that it tells you to do is to cre- to pick a playbook, and the playbook represents kind of the the type of skills that your character is especially good at. There's a playbook that's for a kind of bruiser type character who's who's good at fighting. There's one for someone who's more sneaky. Um, there's there's like a kind of like a weird magic thing going on where you can kind of be like a sort of magic user anyway they're basically equivalent to classes um but in the thief archetypes is this powered by the apocalypse by any chance it is yes okay it's it's very heavily like um yeah very heavily modified uh in fact it it's so heavily modified that it has its own thing okay called forged in the dark is like the 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 system that you can you can use i'm pretty sure it's creative commons people should check that before they use it but uh but john harper the creator is really good for ensuring that his his content is available for content creation and and folks that's awesome that's really awesome um yeah have you played a powered by the apocalypse game yeah, Monster of the Week. Yeah, so nice, I, I played that. Nice. Yeah, a, a couple times. Yeah, so its so. its resolution system is is similar. Um, but it yeah it is very hacked, like very heavily hacked. Um, yeah. After the playbook, sorry, I'm like bouncing all over the place. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. I'm I'm okay. I, I I get you on tangents. No, we're, you're good. No, no, I, the tangents are the gold. 
Oh, the, the gold. So please, every time you have one, throw it, throw it by way. Um, yeah, playbook. Next is the heritage. So this is, you know, it's it's a little bit like, uh, like your your bonds. I'd like to say in D and D, where you know you're you're talking about the people that are important to you, your family. Uh, the game has a setting that's like baked into it that you're kind of supposed to use. So I, I think that that's a way for the game to like include and the setting. It, I get, yeah, kind of yeah. tie it in. Yeah. Then they talk about background and backstory as the third yeah. item on the list. Then okay. you talk about stats and you assign, you assign your stats. You pick a special power for your character. So depending on the playbook that you've selected, there is a list of special powers, kind of like moves in some of the Powered mm -hmm. by the Apocalypse games. You, you pick one to be your, your bread and butter, and as your character levels up, as your character levels up, you can pick more. Mm -hmm. And now, actually, go, go ahead, Blake. Uh, there's something I want to check. It's, it's kind of like, it's almost, so it's a little like, almost backwards in the last one, like where the stats come last and you're already kind of, I feel like you would already be kind of informed about them, especially with whatever playbook you pick. Um, Cause you can, you can choose any stats, but I feel like that would definitely kind of inform like, okay, like I'm playing like, you know, this one. So this guy's supposed to, this, this playbook is like, you know, meant for a big and tough person. So more often than not, you're going to like kind of choose accordingly. I feel like, or even like subconsciously, you'd naturally just be like, okay, this character needs X, Y, and Z. I feel like, mm -hmm. Which isn't um, a bad thing. One thing about Blades in the Dark that I find it does very well as far as character creation impacting your roleplay is that the playbooks that you select dictate the way that your character gains experience. So mm -hmm. each playbook has a, a specific way for gaining experience. So it's going to kind of modify the way you prioritize your play. And I, th I would argue that it would prioritize the way that you role play because you're going to have to justify, mm -hmm. you know, your decisions to the rest of the table. Why do I want to sneak in? Mm -hmm. Why do I want to do this? You can't say because I want to get XP. I mean, I guess you could, but for the XP. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's um... awesome. That's yeah. a good point. That's cool because it really makes you know, and it's it's. I think it's fun to 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 challenge yourself too as a role player as well. Like, okay, so do this. Okay, how can I role play that to make it you know believable or just like make it make sense? Mm -hmm. And you That's you're cool. not always going to force that play, but mm -hmm. and maybe that gives you the opportunity to ask yourself like, what what are the limitations that my mm -hmm. character foresees for themselves? Like, hmm. When is it not safe to sneak in, or when is it not safe to use my magic powers, or whatever, whatever it is, and that might be based off of a you know a tra trauma or something mm -hmm. that that they mm -hmm. have. And that's so much fun to role play too, because then you can do like you know um like when you when you're gonna have to break like maybe okay, so this used to be my code, but like this is happening now, so these are fun in game moments of role play. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, I love that. I love it. Okay. We talked about some some of the ways that the games tell you to do it. We told you how we would do it. So now let's let's talk a little bit about um, you know some of the things that I think come hand in hand when you think about role play as a character. And I guess I'll I'll ask you first. What what do you think? 
Blake, is is something about a character when you're creating them that you think is is critical to have established or or considered in order for you to kind of have a direction for your role play or to kind of have some insights as to how you want to role play this character in certain circumstances. Ooh, that's a really good question. I would say probably their personality and like disposition. Follow closely by like the occupation too, because it helps me in my mind somewhat as well. But yeah, just knowing how, because once I know how they act, like I'm like, okay, why do they act that way? And so I can like branch things off of there. Like, why why are they so grumpy? Why are they so happy? Like, what's what are some things that may have happened in the background? What's some things that happened like you know currently that are making them that way? And so I think just like just like that beginning idea of like the ceiling of just their personality and disposition is um really it helps me a lot with role play because i can know because that's like a personality you know okay how can i role play that from general like generally speaking so yeah 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 so kind of like their baseline baseline mm-hmm. energy or baseline disposition mm-hmm. I, yeah i really yeah. like that i think that i think that's important like do you consider also the negative sides of a character's personality oh, like wh- yes. wh- wh- what kind of balance does the negative and positive parts of the character's personality if if you oh, were man. to draw a pie chart, how much of it is you're thinking about the positive stuff versus how much of it is are you thinking about the negative stuff? I would say it's honestly probably 50-50, even not thinking about a certain side because I'm always like there's always an opposite to everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's always a positive negative. So even when I'm thinking like, oh, okay, all these positive traits, like you can still be if you just focus too much on those things, you can still leave some things behind, which could be bad, you know. Like you focus so much on like you know your job, but like maybe neglects their family. Like there's still like that negative space always. So no matter which way you go, there's always a like opposite end. And so I would I like say like that. fifty-fifty. That really reminds me of another system that I didn't talk about, and I wasn't actually going to talk about. So this is on me. I I try to not talk about the fate system because if I don't stop myself, I talk about it all the time. But in the fate system, your character is very heavily defined by these traits they're they're actually i think they're called traits right now i forget and you have these traits and one of them is called your trouble which is equivalent to a flaw but in the instruction for writing a trait you're supposed to write all traits including the flaw in a way that's like a double-edged sword so like one that i really like is that a character might have like hyper focus. That might be one of their traits is that they're, you know, they, they often hyper focus on something, which is good mm-hmm. when you have to like roll an investigation check or something on that thing. But it's also bad because it means they're going to be less perceptive on the world around them mm-hmm. when they're doing that. Things mm-hmm. like, like this. with their family or like things like, you know, yeah, because they hyper fix it on the goal, but then like things, others are the wayside. So yeah. 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 So I, I really like that. And what you said reminded me of that is that just because it's, you know, a character <laughs> trait that's positive, it, it, you know, at first glance, it's fun to think of like the dark side of the moon a little bit and be like, mm-hmm. what's on the con- what's on the reverse of this and how does it affect their day to day and their life? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. So that sounds like an awesome system. It's really cool. Oh, I love the fate system. Um but I'm gonna I'm gonna stop myself from talking about it. we can talk about it after we, we, we stop recording. <laughs> so yeah, so we've got we've got that. What about 
the way a character looks or the way Ooh. a character talks. Some of these more like forward facing elements of a character physically. How does that play into your character creation and your roleplay? So that's so sometimes the like, inspiration can come from like an image. Like for the one I play for the Skyrim, for when the dude um, I play Toad. And he's the Wicked Familiar, made by Underground Oracle. Shout out Keith and Jess. Like they're awesome. Like oh, they're, yeah. they're they got the they helped me get into role playing because I yeah, they're they're awesome people. Yeah. TTRPG so, power couple. Let's go. <laughs> they they kill it. And so yeah, but so I saw a picture of like the Wicked Familiar of like the worm toad. I was like, oh man, that looks cool. And then I don't know, like it just inspired me. And so but it's always hard to like I'm not I'm creative like in a writing sense, but not really to like draw myself like in that visual kind of sense. And so looks are important, but like it's hard for me to really <laughs> describe it. So I guess maybe they aren't as important yeah, to, to yeah, me yeah. in my role play because it's yeah, because I'm not like I, I have trouble. Like, I'm not a good artist. So in that aspect, yeah, so maybe, like, I mean, I, just, yeah, like, I hear that. I hear that a lot. I'm not I I like to think I can draw sometimes in certain circumstances, but drawing a character is beyond me for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can make a mean stick figure, though, you know, like, yep, there's my character. <laughs> But so, why, Blake? Why are they a stick figure? Why are they stick? You know the stick. <laughs> oh man, that, that can affect? lead to some deep things. Like I can, you know, that's it's a funny question. That can be some lead to some cool, <laughs> some cool role play things. So yeah, but uh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's why I do like where, like you know, it's always cool when I can have like another artist do it. Um, because there's so many cool artists in the space too. So, like, I tell like my idea and like let them kind of mess with it. Like, oh man, yep, there it is. That's and cool. so, yeah, for cre- for creation and role play, like it's probably like not the most important. Like, I have to have like the idea, just like the general, like I said, the job, the personality, stuff like that. It looks like that can be like, the last thing. Like, that's that can come together at the end. Like, that'll work itself out. So. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I did create a character once recently where for some reason i wanted to create a character that was basically the um prince charming from shrek okay heck yeah right heck like yeah. I, I just I'm here for it and it was it was the visual cue that came to me first i was like that's what the character looks like this blonde haired pretty boy type of type of character who's a little bit self-obsessed that's that's the character and then everything else came after and and i asked Mm -hmm. myself all of these questions and i asked myself how can i give depth to this character because if there's no depth to the character i'm not going to want to play this character for more than a couple of nights um Mm -hmm. but yeah the the visual hit me first of like that's ambrose Mm -hmm. ambrose is gonna look like this and then everything else, I mean, it, it's hard to say that that was the singular focus because the personality of that character is pretty it's strong. Def- it's definitely a big part, though, still. So definitely that inspiration. So, yeah, no, yeah. I definitely, it's still a big part of it. And the same thing, because like I said, that's like me, like when I saw the worm tread, I was just like, whatever reason, like this, is, <laughs> I don't know how, but I was like, this worm tread definitely would be like a jazz bard singer. Like that's, <laughs> that's just, that was just my thought when I saw like this, and it's just like a toe with wings. But yeah, so I definitely, yeah. I get that. <laughs> yeah, the power of, of images, they, they, they carry a lot with them. I'm going to, I'm going to change gears real quick because I have a question that I, I'm, I'm curious to know your answer. When you create characters, do you create them on pen and paper? or virtually and oh. do you feel like that makes a difference in your capacity to role play them 
whatever I have. So like if it's a piece of paper near me and I don't have like my cell phone or computer, like I'll, I'll write things down. I don't, I'm, I'm no preference, like whatever I have available, just so I can get the idea down. If it's like, if it's stuck with me that long, yeah, yeah. Pa- paper's fine. Um, and it makes sure I can just find it again. So a word document, yeah, analog, digital, no particular preference, whatever is just nearest by so I can get it down. Cool. Okay. So, so it, it doesn't affect your, your creation process. Mm-hmm. No they have to scratch into like a desk or something like that because, like I said, they just gonna need to make sure I remember this. Like, <laughs> as long as I can get back to it somewhere, we're good. Cool, <laughs> so. cool. Well, I mean, maybe I'm old school. Then I didn't think I was, but I have a hard time creating a character on an online tool. Um, and and the reason for that is not because it's harder. In fact, it's easier. <laughs> it's easier to plug all the stats in and stuff. But I find that because of that. If I'm not coming into it with a very good idea of who the character is, I get lost in the stats. I get lost in picking a subclass or picking a playbook or picking all of the crunchy parts of the character first, because that's what the online tool presents to me first. So I, I I don't know. Maybe that's just my gripe. But I kind of I kind of agree though. Well, because I mean, because I like when if I do something here, I'm talking about like a blank word document. Like yeah. I just start like with like just blank documents. So to me, that's like I think the same uh, the same thing. Just like starting blankly. I don't like to look at like you know necessarily like you know like the stats or everything else. Just like a blank page, a word document. Because for me, my characters like they always just off with just like, with just writing. Like that's how I can get the best role play. Like the ones I really play, I, I feel well. It just no stats. Just starts off with like the whys. Like just typing those up or writing or writing down handwriting the whys and like the yeah. answer to them. So absolutely cool. I like that. Okay, that that clarifies it for me because yeah, if, if I'm writing it on a word document, it feels the same to me as writing it on paper. But mm-hmm. when I'm using one of these, you know, like a roll twenty character creation thing or or like a D and D beyond. I mean, I don't have, a, I don't have that subscription anymore, but when I did, <laughs> it's, it's, it's giving you your stats first and it's not conducive to the open endedness of character creation. Mm-hmm. That is its strength when you want to, you know, focus on specific things. Exactly. And to me, when I do it, like that's when you have to like do like those in the moment. Why it's like, okay, so I have to pick this stat. Okay. Well then why? You know what I mean? Like that one, when I'm doing it, if I ever have to do it that way, I always think of the why in the moments, <laughs> which is tricky, but, um, but yeah, that's the only way I can kind of do it too. Cause it is hard when you start with just to not just get lost in like the stats, like, okay, this and this, and you get worried, like, well, I want to make sure they're super, like not OP, but like, you know, you want to make sure like, I don't want them to be weak at all or whatever. So, Absolutely. and that can, that can like, yeah, it's, it's tricky. Cool. Yeah, I, I get you. I I feel that. Um, let's 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 circle back now to backstory because I think I think there's a lot to be said about backstory. I'll start by asking you: Do you write backstories for your characters? And if you do or you don't, why? Yeah, so it depends. Like sometimes I do, sometimes like I don't. Like I mean, I guess all the time I do because I have to like I start my character by writing, and so. But I'm not beholden to like, you know, if something happens in a game and roleplay wise, I'm like, you know what, that happened. So this backstory is now like this because of that moment. Or if like the DM sees something like I roleplay some DMs like, okay, you did this, so maybe this is in the backstory now. I'm okay with it. Like it's 
it's amorphous. It, it can be. It can always be changing. And like if it, if it just feels right. And so yes, I do. Like I guess because I start with the character by writing. So I guess like I technically start with it. But I'm not too beholden to it, especially role play wise, because. You're role playing in the moment. The backstory is yes, it's it helps to find the character, but like you're playing them now. Like you're not mm-hmm. like in that moment back then. That ha- that happened whenever ago. Like it's about how it affects them now. Like how is he gonna play? How am I gonna role play them now because of that? And so, I really like that answer because you're a hundred percent right. I I couldn't agree more. A backstory is good, in so much that it gives you some of the context about the characters background who who they were not who they are um and being beholden to that backstory can do you harm in progressing the character forward having that character evolve and some of the strengths though to give to give backstory some credit is i think backstories are really good to establish relationships mm-hmm. okay yeah um, and and relationships are to me a really important part of my character and and i think they're a good fuel for mm-hmm. role play in a game if you if you come up with and i'm not saying come up with everybody you've ever met but you know a mentor or somebody that you're really close to or somebody you really dislike maybe a rival or a nemesis mm-hmm. you know planting some of those seeds into your backstory and Especially if you have a DM that's like really works with you, because the DM can take those to be like, okay, seeds for things, you know, because then it can really like, you know, impact the present. Because, like, okay, you know, this Ralph or Baxter, oh, look at him at, at this town you just arrived at. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What are you can... going to do? How are you going to react to this character mm-hmm. being presented to you now? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's really important. W- one part of character creation, it's not really. Uh, I don't know if it's part of character creation or not, but there, there's a game called Fiasco. That's a lot of fun, and it's a it's a GMless one shot game, all about the drama, all about action, but also all about role play. Like there's very little dice rolling. There's very little of any of that. It's like basically an improv game, if I'm being honest. Um, and the first thing that game makes you do after you've picked your character is create a relationship, one positive, one negative, with the person to the right of you and with the person to the left of you. So now you have these like baseline relationships with like the coworker that you have to work with, but like really you rather change teams, but you just can't right now. And the person who bailed you out of jail and you'd call them any moment because they're, you know, the they're your they're your person but they're not your family and now you've got this and everybody at the table hears you say that so they like you can kind of Mm -hmm. like lean on that and create Mm -hmm. this atmosphere of super cool interactions so i've started incorporating that into my session zero whenever i run a game that's going to be of a certain duration i get everybody at my table to build that kind of relationship positive and negative with you know a couple of the people at the table just to mm-hmm. have that and, that drama and that's so good too especially other people at the table because if you get those background connections like you can put that in the moment you know what i mean especially as a dm like then it's already like okay you already have like see you guys already know each other you guys already have like you can pretty much 
make these moments yourselves because like you already have that background so here you are now and so yeah and this makes roleplay so much fun when you get it involved with other players too um especially in the character creation because you can really strengthen those bonds from there and be like okay like now I have more motivation because like my character is like this because because your character so my role play is going to be like i can role play like this which is fun and it just helps get into character more especially doing it together like you do that way so that's cool yeah yeah I, and you know what blake i i want to ask you something and it might be kind of tricky um i'm not sure i would have an answer to this but how how do you take so you've got your character sheet or you've got your mm -hmm. your your notes written down of you know all these questions and whys and 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 things how do you take that and act it out like you, you know mm -hmm. you've written this out you've gotten in character and now there's a scenario presented to you by the game master H how do you translate that into into like action and words and and role play <laughs> because before we run down i'm already role playing them in my mind like when I get the idea for a character, I'm already just like, okay, this character's doing this. So like, I'll just daydream, just like, man, this character, this happened, he would do this or like kind of test him in my mind almost. So, cause I'm super like, I don't know, like daydreaming and just even before I play D and D, like I, I would just love like, you know, um, that just stay active to creating things and make believe and stuff like that. And so just like in my free time, I'll just daydream about stuff like that. So I'm always kind of role playing them already. And so when That's it comes time cool. to play, I'm like, I've already, shoot, I've played them on mine so much. So, yeah. Oh, I love that answer so much. Like, I don't even know how to explain it because that's so cool. And it doesn't have to be complicated stuff, right? Like, you could, no. <laughs> just a couple of scenarios. What would they do mm -hmm. if, you know, the bartender gave them the wrong order of food? Or mm -hmm. what would they do if somebody bumped into them on the street and they're carrying a bunch of books? Like, is little that just things. little yeah simple things just like okay oh they like how they respond to it. exactly so mm -hmm. and it's just fun especially when you get like a cool like idea i like because it's fun to think about so i'm always like oh man so i'm always in that headspace of them already just from like daydreaming almost yeah so yeah. yeah oh i'm so happy you said that that's such a cool thing and it segues perfectly to talking about something that uh is in character creation for 10 candles that i wanted to talk about which I'm going to bring up now. So I'm not going to go over all of character creation in 10 candles, but there are two parts of character creation where you have to think of your character's moment and your character's brink. And these two things are, think of a, a moment that you want this character to have in the future where they really shine. They are in the spotlight and you know, based on who they are and what's important to them, what they're going to, like, how are they going to react? Like, what's going to happen? It's their moment. Let's make it happen. And it forces you as the, as the player to actually, like, explicitly do this exercise that you just said. To think about what are they going to do at their highest. Mm -hmm. And then you do the same for their brink, for their lowest oh, point. Man. What would this character do? when they were at their worst, when they are at the bottom and they have to find refuge in themselves, that like thinking of those two extreme things is going to tell you a lot about oh, who man. this character is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, yeah. shoot. <laughs> yeah. It's that would be some good role play. Yeah, man. 
yeah, yeah. and i don't want to put the pressure totally on know. people listening like don't feel mm-hmm. obligated to do this but it's it's i guess an extreme version of what blake you just recommended <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's seriously because it's um because like i say because then you already have played him you know what i mean once you get to that then it's like okay like it's it's easiest to role play because you already kind of have like you've done like a scenario you've done like a you play them in your mind it's supposed to be okay so they're like this and you know it's funny funny thing someone told me like you know i think you would like tin candles like, one of my friends <laughs> was like now i'm like okay now i'm starting to see okay i probably would really like tin candles it's it's neat it's a oh, co- it, it's a horror game so like mm-hmm. take that for what it's worth. Play with people that you know you trust to run a horror game and be in the right spirits. Play a character who like is very likely gonna die. That's like one of the mm-hmm. premises of this game. But but yeah, you're you're going from your highest to your lowest and and you don't I don't think necessarily need to like play out the whole scenario in your brain. But at the very least, you know, you're writing out a sentence or two that helps you kind of get in the right mindset to imagine what that might look like so that when you have to act it out you're you know you're not cold you're not just like cold calling those emotions <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like okay uh bam and just think about it too like just think about like you know how close the high is to the low like is there how what distance between them you know because mm-hmm. it's different like they're coming immediately from high to super low that's a big drop off but at least if there's more time like they can be it's a little bad, but like, I don't know. Just I'm just thinking about that. But yeah, yeah, and, and some characters they might be closer together, whereas others might be further apart. Mm-hmm. Um, some characters might be more familiar with feeling their brink, or mm-hmm. might be more because familiar. Maybe because maybe they've like you know they're on, been on a path kind of towards, so they kind of see it coming, and then where they're like yeah. that steep, like that steep, just drop off. And so, oh man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's that's. I, I'd encourage people to try that. Um, I've done it once or twice, not like that explicitly, but I've done it once or twice for my characters where I try to imagine if they lost the things that were important to them, what would they? Where would they go? What would they do? What what would that do to them as a character, as a person? Um, that's a great question to ask. That's a really, really, really great thing to snare to kind of play through. Because mm-hmm. it kind of shows like the heart of the character at that thing, you know, the really like what makes them like what's essentially like them almost. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think one thing that maybe we've been skirting around that I should have brought up sooner are motivations. What part do motivations play in in your character creation? I think it's like it's not an ambiguous term, but like I, I feel like it plays like the whole part. You know what I mean? Because like we're 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 motivations. Like I like playing D and D because like it's a lot of fun. You know what I mean? And then the characters like you know they want if they want something, there has to have a motivation behind it. Like I they because then you can't really role play. They want it just to want it. Like they want this because you know what? Maybe they grew up not having like you know lots of money, so that's why they want all this fame so they can get that, so they can feel that certain way because they think that's what they need to fill the hole that they felt growing up in their heart growing up or something like that. And mm-hmm. so motivations, I think, are always like it's it's just naturally always a part of it because like, I can't see role playing without it. And so like it, you have to have the the to me you have to have the motivation for myself to build a role play. It like yeah. I have answering the whys almost. Uh, yeah, you're back at the whys, and I think that you have every reason to. That makes a lot of sense because you're right. A motivation is kind of on its own. It's helpful, 
but it's not everything. It's not going to really help you roleplay that much if you know that you're, you know, a character is looking for their lost mother. Mm -hmm. That's their motivation for most of their actions. But why are they looking for their lost mm -hmm. mother? That's what you're saying. Like, mm -hmm. that's, and that's important. You kind of need to go a layer deeper every, for everything. You know, you look mm -hmm. at a character sheet or you look at what a rule book is telling you to do, create relationships, create flaws, create a moment or a vice or a whatever. If you just do that, you've got to step in the right direction, I think. But if you do that and then consider the next layer to that, why is that that? you've you've added a whole new dimension and i agree because because you get nuanced to it too like bring up like looking for your mom like because one person like oh i miss mom i loved her one person like she wrong when she killed my family i want to i want to take her down you know what i mean mm, yeah. you get those nuances with it like by asking those whys instead of just because everyone can be like oh they're looking for their mom but everyone's motivations reasons are gonna be different when you ask the why they're looking for them and yeah, so i love that that's a really cool example actually <laughs> um sweet i'm looking at the clock and man i could talk about this forever but we're already past an hour holy crap wow yeah, um <laughs> i was looking nervous like oh man we'll be like 10 minutes we're gonna be terrible <laughs> so this has been great though so yeah um yeah it's been fantastic shoot. um i mean i i do want to say a few other little things and please chime in if you have anything to add blake but i think people listening might be a little bit scared about everything we just said because i feel like we said <laughs> to consider a whole whack of stuff and i think part of what makes a character good to be role played is also not having all the answers because mm -hmm. right if you have all the answers you're putting all this pressure on yourself to read this script and you're not mm -hmm. really playing a game anymore mm -hmm. so i think exactly. it's like a balancing act yeah, go go ahead, Blake. Sorry to cut yeah. you off, but just exactly because that's why to me, TT like role playing and characterization, like T and TTBs in general, um, improv is such an important part because that's where the beauty can happen. You allow yourself to have these moments to really dive into the role play. So that's why you don't have to be super beholden to the backstory because, like you know, you can allow yourself to truly like you know to role play and be in the moment. It's just to really get into character mm -hmm. and not worry about sticking to, like you said, like a script because you're not writing a book, at least in my opinion, like this isn't like a novel. This is a game that's like, you know, like you're telling a story, like we're telling a story concurrently. Like it's not pre-written. Like you're, yeah, yeah I, just, absolutely. I agree. So yeah, by having those, those gaps or giving yourself this flexibility to, you can make a change. Uh, one rule that I have on my table, and it's going to sound like I'm a, a mean GM, and that's not the intention. Everybody kind of buys into this philosophy at my tables. Is that if it's not said at the table, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So you can you can put whatever you want in your backstory for you to help you understand your character, but until it becomes explicit, because you say, "Oh wow, you're behaving just like my brother did," or you know, like until mm -hmm. you say something, mm -hmm. you don't have a brother at least not to everybody at this table. So I, I find that to create a character that has just enough stuff answered, just enough whys figured out mm -hmm. for you to propel who this person is, and then you, you can figure out the rest later and uh, allow yourself to figure it out later. 
because otherwise you get like I I know I get kind of like an analysis paralysis where I'm like mm-hmm. put in a situation where I have to make a decision and I'm like oh I don't know what would my character do I'm not sure and you're like looking through your notes to try to mm-hmm. be like what's it gonna oh be my God <laughs> <laughs> just make a decision you mm-hmm. you own this character make mm-hmm. a decision Figure no one's correcting no one's like you didn't do this backstory you said this like no one's gonna do that oh yeah. my god I yeah. love how you asked that too because that's that's seriously, I feel like that's how I kind of explained it too, you know? That's why the backstory is like, yeah, it's 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 able to, you can change it. Like, it's not like, this isn't a novel. Like, you can edit it up whenever you want to. Yeah. You can cut it up whenever you want to. So that's that's cool. Oh, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, we got a really good question on Twitter. So let's let's go to Twitter. Let's answer Jared's question. So this is Jared at IrishWolf13 on Twitter. And this is a pretty loaded question. So, Blake, I'm going to leave it to you to answer it. I'm just going to sit on my coattails. And... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jared asks, how much of a character or how much of a character's identity slash personality is created before you come to the table versus developed over the course of the game? And we kind of touched on this a little bit just now, actually. Mm. Um how much do you think is important to have figured out before session zero or one? And, you know, based on what we just talked about, Blake, I, I think we have a good baseline there. Mm-hmm. Feel free to repeat stuff as needed. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to add some like hot takes to this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go with a percentage. Okay. How, what per, like, in addition to answering, you know, how Ooh. much of the character's personality and identity you think is created. Let's answer Jared's question and give him a percentage of how much Ooh, of it is. I don't know if I can because my first response is to be like, it depends. Every table is <laughs> different. So I don't know. I don't know how much. Like, I can have this, like, you know, a role play, a daydream about it. When it comes to the table, maybe with the characters, like, you know, maybe it's going to be, okay, this is it. Or maybe it's like, oh, these characters are like this. Oh, well, then I'm feeling like to really role play it like this. And so. <laughs> Okay, it's, okay. It, it can change. Like it's I think the main thing is just being open with it. So um ah, my gosh, a percentage. How much of characters are Danny Persons crit before you come to the table? I mean because you can say like hundred percent of it, but I'm not beholden to it. So I can like mm. daydream, like I can have like bam, but then like things happen. I'm gonna I'm not gonna be stuck to that idea. And so I could say hundred percent, I could say fifty, but no matter what, I'm not gonna lock myself over time but like lock myself into it like well this is i thought of this so i guess we'll shoot so i like that answer quite a bit um 100 but not beholden to it that's great Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i really like it i'll i'll take a stab at adding to what you answered uh in general for me personally i find a lot of success figuring out the core personality trait of the character first you know am i going into this with somebody who's like an energizer bunny bouncing off the walls or am i going into this with somebody who's very pensive and quiet and sitting in the back like i i i and i tend not to change that you know once i've figured Mm -hmm. that out and i come to the game that's figured out for me before session zero and then i'm gonna pitch that at session zero and if somebody else has exactly the same archetype as me you know, then maybe I'm going to change it up less for the sake of what we already talked about and more for the sake of like cohesion and and team, uh, team dynamics. 
and role play dynamics at the table. I also like to come with like one or two NPCs who I think were very important to my character. And again, that stuff's pretty solid. Like that's the stuff that my I'm a wizard and my I'm an apprentice wizard and my master wizard is like super, super important to me. I always ask myself, what would my master do in this situation if he's not there? Well, that that's the kind of thing that I consider to be kind of stuck in stone. But what I like about that is I haven't actually said what my master would do. <laughs> that's the mm -hmm. trick, right? So it's mm -hmm. still not, it's not like restraining me too much, but it's giving me guidance. So yeah, between the person, big personality, a couple of characters that are, are important to me, and then maybe, um, maybe like a, a reason why this character is quote unquote broken as a person. I think it was mm -hmm. one of the critical role. I, now I forget who one of the critical role folks who said that when they create a character, they always consider what is broken about this person. Because Probably they, Liam. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like that'd be a Liam. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it helps. It helps to know at least, it is, again, it doesn't have to be super, super, super solid, but is this character somebody who is afraid of commitment is this a character who you know has never met their family and resents them for it these kinds of things that are like these deep dark secrets even if they don't come out right away can be foreshadowed in an interesting way and then you can develop that deep dark secret as you go you don't have to have all the answers but have something there to kind of help feed the fire. And if something more interesting mm -hmm. comes along, along the way, swap it out. But, but those are kind and of I, the big tenets for me. And I think what we're, we're, we're both kind of getting at too, is like, just like, it's okay to come. If you have breadcrumbs or a sandwich, like you can come like, as long as you come with like, just something, just something to kind of like, you know, that peaks you a little bit. Um, I think that's that's the main thing. So it's fifty, ten percent, something. Just come with like one percent. It's like a little breadcrumb that you can just like kind of build off of, like a nibble from. Like okay, I kind of like this. I think that's that's enough because you can kind of figure it out from there. Um, and I will even like use an example. And so Groka's Star Program, I play him in the first watch. He's his second time playing that character. And so I brought him. He's a dwarf. He's a dwarf cleric. And I didn't know in his world all the dwarfs were were missing or dead or something like that. I was oh, like, wow. well, because because originally, because his backstory, I know he is like like a dwarf wife, like he was like he's like on his missionary trip from or something like that. And so that just like changed completely. But I was like, okay, will this character be like that? Like, oh my gosh, like this and this and this, and he's grown in such like a beautiful character that like I never would have thought otherwise. But I just brought to the table because like I had this idea, and so and I would say it was like a hundred percent. But when the DM's like, "Oh, this is a world, this and this," okay, like I wasn't, you know what I mean? I didn't like say, "Well, but he has to have like you know this and this." I was like, "Dang, <laughs> yeah, yeah, What's he's in charge of the dwarf community center or whatever." <laughs> but there isn't any anymore. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, yeah. But uh, going back to the question, I think like you're saying, just coming like with I think just some breadcrumbs, just something, because if you come with something, like I think you can build from it. But just having like some a little piece to kind of build from, yeah. I think is is the key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and there are sometimes silly personal things that you really like. Like for me, it's gonna sound really ridiculous. I like to have like a catchphrase for my character. Ooh, okay. Like I'll 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 write up actual quotes. Like when this character is happy, 
I, I won't say that, but like I'll have like one for when they're kind of like happy, one where they're kind of upset, maybe one for like in combat. And I'll write them out, and it'll be like, like Ambrose, my 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 character who is like Prince Charming. He loved attention, so whenever he'd do something, he'd he'd always turn back and say, "Did anybody see that?" Just like, oh my that god, that's awesome. That I, I and it just it helped me oh have god. like a crutch to lean on mm-hmm. when it was like, you know what, I, I need to say something here to help help showcase this character's personality to the table. Let's let's write some down, and then those things don't last too long. But for the first couple of games, they're kind of like a like a default setting for me, mm-hmm. and it helps me recenter onto the character. Because once I say that, I'm like, oh yeah, I found the character's voice again. Let's mm-hmm. add something to and it. And you can build up that so much too. Like it's so where I feel like I know why they're taking all this attention. You know, that it leads to so many deeper whys too. Because other characters can be like start asking, they can start. Thing up in the moment too, so mm-hmm. no, that's awesome. It just being a catchphrase. I love the catchphrase. <laughs> I have one for for Grokus, um, because he he became all he's all about balance, and so he always says, "Oh, have a balanced day to people." Nice. That's his it. that's his catchphrase. Like have a balanced day. We need we need ascending. He awkwardly ends that too. Like have a have a balanced day. Like like he's having trouble hanging out on the phone because he's kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's cool that's though. Fantastic. The catchphrase idea is tight because there's so much you can build off it too. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Well, I I hope Jared that answers your question. <laughs> um, I I think we I think we're good. I mean, there's there's quite a bit more that I'm sure we could talk about if we thought about it. Oh my god! Yeah, but, uh, but I think we we did hit like I think all the most important beats. But this was such a fun conversation. Like yeah, for real, yeah. like this was fantastic. I had a yeah, blast. thank you, Blake, for being here to talk about this stuff. Um, maybe before we do wrap up and all that. Do you have any parting words of wisdom or mm. final thoughts about creating characters yeah. with role play in mind? Just keep it, keep an open mind. Be free, daydream, just dream. You know what I mean? Like, just spend some time just thinking about a character idea, like in your free time. You know, or just like maybe you're on a break at work. You can, you can just anytime you have a little like two seconds, you can just go slip into that role in your mind and just kind of role play for a bit. Like, just imagine like what that character would be doing. You know. And so just, just keep it open mind and just, um, I don't know, keep, keep dreaming. I don't know if that sounds kind of corny, but oh, it's I don't wonderful. Know, like, just daydream. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the more time you can spend, maybe not the more, the more time, but spend some time thinking about this person. You're playing a person. You're playing somebody. And, you know, they deserve to have you consider who they are, even if they're a figment of your imagination. So I love that. It's corny, but I love it, Blake. It's it's A-plus advice for people who want to role-play their character a little bit more at the table or build characters who can... Because, you know, it is a foundation for role-play, is building a character mm-hmm. for it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all, but it certainly helps if you think of these things. And if you already have a character created and you haven't, character creation isn't the only time you can think about this. In fact, it shouldn't be. So if you're listening and you've been playing the same game for 15 years and your character, you know, you never considered what your character would be at their worst, think about it. Now, Mm -hmm. like, it's never too late to ask Mm -hmm. these questions. 
and you, and you can do this anywhere. Like, you can just be like on a drive somewhere too. So like, listen, you can be away from the pen, the paper, the whatever, the phone. You can spend on a walk and just be like, you know what? Like, wow, I'm thinking this character is kind of on my mind now. Thinking about this, so mm-hmm. you can just, just yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, awesome. All right, so Blake, thank you for being here to talk about creating awesome player characters. I've had a wonderful time talking to you. I honestly could talk for like two more hours, but I don't think our listeners would want to have a three and a half hour long roleplay chat. Hey, come on guys. You know, you want that. Come on now. (laughs) I mean, if you guys want it out there, tell me and we can make it happen. (laughs) But, (laughs) but so far, no one's told me that. And if my stats show, show me anything, 45 minutes seems to be the magic number, but Hey, I'm having a good time, so I'm not going to cut the combo short. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm getting to stuff that you guys don't care about. So, Blake, thank you for being here. Why don't you remind people uh, where they can find you, where they can listen to your wonderful characters, uh, maybe where they can read some of your, your writing or your projects. Oh, also writing i mean i made a couple indie magazines so we type in blake francis poetry you'll find some of my some of my haikus have been out there some cool indie magazines um dnd wise you can catch me on i'm homie and the dudes um oh my god the sky realm brain fart so homie and the dudes of sky realm um first watch um the second campaign for that one you can catch me on elixias we live stream tuesday nights um, a podcast called Opal Star, which I think in my episode I kind of come in. It's, it's coming pretty soon. Nice. Um, and yeah, the, I think I got, I think I got all of them. And Kid Pots is come pretty soon as well. And so hopefully I got all of them. And if you if I did, you can always um, maybe see me on Twitter because I usually post about them at um, Blake C Francis. And so yeah, awesome. And I yeah, I highly recommend. I'll also like I mentioned earlier have the links in the show notes so if you you know you're like me and you forget everything if it's not written down in front of you this is a wonderful opportunity for you to go look at that click the link and follow francis Uh, blake there sorry blake (laughs) first name so it works i mean (laughs) (laughs) one of my coworkers' name is francis and i've been struggling all night to like anyway (laughs) so thank you blake for for being here i've had a fantastic time talking to you about player characters if people listening wanted to ask me some questions about uh, today's show or any other show that you've listened to so far you can do so on all socials that's role underscore play underscore chat if you don't want to be beholden to some arbitrary character limit, you can email me at contactroleplaychat at gmail.com. Uh, I'd like to encourage folks to support the show if they can. You can do so in one of two ways. You can do it the unpaid way where you review the show, you follow me on socials, or, or you share the word of Roleplay Chat with your gaming table. Or you can support the show with your dollar bills if you want. I mean, don't feel like you have to, but if you do, you can come find me on Kofi or you can buy content uh, for a variety of different creators on my affiliate links that you could find in the show notes as well. So thanks again, Blake, for being here. It was Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Like this was so much like that was gonna be fun with this it turned out to be even better than i even expected so (laughs) good good i'm really glad so with that let's call it a chat oh man that was awesome